0: This is a leap of faith. I assume there's not a scripture reading today. You know, I did this a week or two ago and uh, was severely chastened for that, and so I've tried to be more careful. But uh, we are glad that you're here today. Thank you for being here. We appreciate so much the opportunity to be together. We hope and pray that you've had a good week, and we look forward to another great week. Fall is approaching quickly. Hard to believe summertime is over with for the most part. And so we will settle down and make the most of the fall season as it comes our way. I do wanna say before we begin today, I don't know if you have a copy of the lesson for today. If you do not, I would encourage you to get a copy. It's out in the foyer on the table. If you go out into the foyer, If you turn to your left, right by the door, you will find copies of the lesson. In our study today, I want to talk about the profound lessons that we learn from suffering. And so as we look together at Scripture, I want to begin just very quickly by saying this. I mentioned this in our Bible class this past week and even this morning. Brother Billy and I were talking just a few days ago, and we talked about some of the things that we are facing as a congregation. We've had death, we've had a lot of people that have been sick, and right now people need encouraging, and they need a lot of inspiration. And so we're trying to present lessons that inspire, encourage, and we want to hopefully and prayerfully get through the tough times that we're facing right now and learn from the adversities and trials that we encounter in life. I want to begin our study today by asking this question. How many of you have ever heard of the School of Hard Knocks? Maybe a better question is this. How many of you have ever been to the School of Hard Knocks? There are a lot of things that you learn in a classroom. I think you would agree with me on that. We have ample opportunity throughout life to learn, to grow, to assimilate a lot of knowledge. But there are some things that we learn by experience. I really think that experience is a great teacher if we learn from our experiences. Sometimes good things happen in life and we reflect upon those good times and we're grateful for them. But what about when tough times come? Hardships, trials, temptations. Have you learned from those things? Hardship can provide us with some valuable learning in this life. Now, I understand that our first reaction is, I would rather not suffer, and I would be the first to agree with that. But what the Scripture tells us is that there are some benefits and blessings to facing the hardships of life. And so today we're going to be talking about the profound lessons that we learn when we suffer. And as you reflect back over your life, think about the decisions that you've made. Some decisions may have caused trial and heartache in your life. Others, just because of life itself, you faced some difficult times. You remember Job said in chapter 14, verse 1, Man born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. I can't say that I've known anyone to my recollection that has been able to say I have never faced any kind of hardship or trial in life. Now, understand, I'm talking about people that have grown older in life. Rare would be the person that hasn't faced some type of setback or hardship in life. So the real question is, when we face those things, do we learn from them? My prayer would be that we learn from the various experiences that we have in this life. So I want to begin our study, and again, I want to encourage you to try to take a copy pick up a copy of the lesson in the foyer I want to begin by emphasizing this point living with pain and suffering some of you as we speak are living with pain and suffering I don't have to give you a commentary on what that's like you know you understand the pitfalls of human suffering so here's my question Where did it all begin? When did it all begin? What about the inception of pain and suffering in life? Ultimately, if we're going to know something about pain and suffering, we have to go back to the very beginning, to the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, God had placed Adam and Eve in what we would call a utopian environment. It's paradise. Every need was met in that beautiful garden. And yet, once Satan came on the scene and deceived Adam and Eve, well, the rest is history, isn't it? Because following the transgression of Adam and Eve, death came upon the human family. Matter of fact, man began to die physically, and also man died spiritually. And so you remember Paul said, For by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. For that all sinned. So, from that fateful day in the Garden of Eden, death and all of its attendant miseries have come upon the human family. We talk about human suffering and the gravity of suffering today. What we have seen over time is a proliferation of human suffering. Because on that occasion, literally, the door was opened for all of the heartaches and miseries and trials and temptations that would ultimately plague the human family. And those things will continue to exist until the Lord comes. But let's talk about some individuals who have suffered. It's one thing to talk about the inception of pain and the inception of suffering. But one of the things that maybe we ought to contemplate in our study today is go back and look at the Scriptures. There are a lot of folks recorded in the Bible that faced some tough times, didn't they? Let me just share with you some examples. In the handout today, I have nine examples, and there are many, many more. But I begin with Jacob. You remember Jacob? God had promised Abraham in the long ago that through his lineage, all the families of the earth would be blessed. And so God raised up Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. His favorite son was Joseph. And as you well know, in Genesis chapter 37, the brothers of Joseph, they hated him. The text says they couldn't speak peaceably unto him and so they sold him out and the Bible tells us that the brothers deceived their father Jacob they made him think that Joseph had been killed by a wild animal and do you remember what Jacob said in response to seeing that coat of many colors I will go down to my grave in mourning in his heart of hearts he thought that beloved son was gone, dead. Little did he know that Joseph had been carried down into Egypt. But imagine the weight of suffering on that man. And then Joseph, I mentioned Joseph. Joseph is sold out by his brothers into the hands of the Ishmaelites and the Midianites. He finds his way down into Egypt where he's sold into the house of Potiphar. Things seem to be going well, and then before you know it, Potiphar's wife lies about him. What would that get him? About two years in prison? And yet in Genesis chapter 39, the text says, And the Lord was with Joseph. Despite his trials and troubles in this life, God was still with Joseph. And Joseph became a great light for God in a pagan land. David, another great example. David, you remember, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, the Bible tells us that David had a relationship with a lady by the name of Bathsheba. A child was conceived in that relationship out of wedlock. And the Bible says that God struck that child. And the text says in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and about verse 16 that David pleaded with God and fasted. David prayed for that child, fasted on behalf of that child because that child was deathly ill. And later that baby died. A little bit later in time, David had a son by the name of, you remember uh, David in the long ago had a son by the name of Absalom that tried to steal the kingdom from him and in many ways quite successful. Well, the Bible tells us that that child, too, was killed. And David wept on that occasion. The text says that he wept and said, O Absalom, my son, my son. Was he hurting? Yes, he was. In Psalm 55, David talks about being deceived or being gutted by a close friend a close associate and David would say cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you in chapter 56 he would say whenever I'm afraid I'll trust in you David was a man that experienced a lot of heartaches and a lot of trials in this life in the New Testament we read of a number of individuals that faced trials and troubles but knew something about human suffering they had been to that school of hard knocks In Mark chapter five, we read about a lady, a lady or a young lady, who was the child of one of the rulers of the synagogue. Jairus was his name. He had a young daughter that was at the point of death, and the Bible says he came to Jesus, fell down before him, and pleaded with Jesus to heal his daughter. Can you imagine the pain of thinking that you might lose a child? That baby died. And the Lord raised her. In that same text, the Bible talks about a lady that had a blood disease. For 12 years she battled some type of anemia. And the Bible says that she had seen many physicians and spent a lot of money on those physicians. And Mark said she grew worse rather than getting better. She knew something about dealing with a protracted illness, didn't she? All I'm saying is that there are a lot of folks that you read about in Scripture that faced some tough times, didn't they? I mean, example after example after example, Mary and Martha, two close friends of Jesus. You remember John chapter 11, when they sent word to Jesus that his friend Lazarus was at the point of death? When Jesus arrived in Bethany, what were they doing? They were weeping, weren't they? Were they hurting because their loved one had died? Yes, they were. Of course, God raised him from the dead, or Jesus raised him from the dead. So here again, another example. People that suffered in life. Jesus himself. You know, Peter said that Christ left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Who, when he suffered, threatened not. In 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 18, the Bible says Christ also once, listen to Him, suffered for sins. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, was He not in agony? Yes, He was. And He's praying to the Father, pouring out His heart concerning the impending cross. And then the Apostle Paul, when you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, his body was tattered by scar after scar. Matter of fact, he would say, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul chronicles some of the trials and adversities that he had faced in this life. He talked about how he had faced death often, stripes above measure hundred and ninety-five stripes had been laid upon his back by the Jews. Three times he was beaten with rods, once he was stoned. A night and a day he had spent in the deep. I mean, here's a guy that knew something about human suffering. In chapter 12, Paul would say that he had received a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And he pleaded with God three times that it would depart. You know what God said? My grace is sufficient for you. I think what God was saying is, Paul, you can learn from this. So, can we learn? Yes. So, as you think about some of the individuals, Timothy, for example, another individual, not on our list. You remember the Apostle Paul counseled him to take wine for his stomach's sake and his often infirmities, wine being used medicinally. Epaphroditus, Paul in Philippians chapter 2 speaks of this man, a beloved brother in Christ. And it said, he was sick unto death. You have so many examples. And I think sometimes we look at these guys and we forget they had feet of clay. They were human beings, weren't they? They faced trials and adversities. And even though many of these people were spiritual giants, when you look at their lives, there's something that we can learn from what they experienced in life. So with that being said, I want to now turn our attention to some of the lessons that we can learn from suffering. I've got ten statements that I want to share with you regarding how we learn from adversity or trial. And I want to just go down the list with you today and share with you some of the things that I think the Scriptures teach us regarding how we learn from the school of hard knocks. Number one, Pain and suffering causes us to recognize our own inadequacies and frailties in this life. You know, it might be the case that sometimes we have the idea we are invincible. That nothing can touch us. You remember Job? Here was a man that was wealthy, had life going so well. After adversity struck, Job came to understand that he didn't necessarily have the power to change the circumstances. As a matter of fact, in chapter 6, verse 13, Job asked this question Is not my help within me? There are times in life when you may be dealing with some type of disease or illness. The doctors will tell you right up front we don't have an answer for this. The body has been fearfully and wonderfully made. God has really blessed us immeasurably. Because we have bodies that get sick, and many times those bodies can heal themselves. But there are times in life when we don't have all the answers, when we don't have the ability to change the circumstances, do we? And so I think from one vantage point, pain and suffering helps us to understand our own inadequacies and frailties in this life. You know, the Bible says, speaking of God, He knows our frame, He remembers that we are dust. God knows each and every one of us, and He understands that as members of the human family, as the crown of His creation, there are some things that are just beyond the scope of our control. Number two, suffering helps us to see what we are made of in life. You don't really know what you're made of until you face tough times, do you? Suffering sometimes reveals a lot about us. About how strong or how weak our faith is. I understand we can grow from trial and tribulation in this life. But when you look at When you look at what the Scripture teaches us, the Scriptures teach us that we learn from the things that we encounter in this life and they, in large part, show what we're really made of. How strong is your faith? The things that you have experienced in this life, some of your hardships and difficulties, how do you get through them? If you're not growing in your faith right now, if trial and tribulation comes your way or some type of debilitating disease or illness, going can be tough to get through it. You know, James said in the long ago, count it all joy when you fall into various trials to use those trials to become more mature and complete in the eyes of Almighty God. Number three, The trials and difficulties of life can build character. Character is something that is born out of adversity at times. In Romans chapter 5, Paul said, We glory in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance. Listen to what he said. Perseverance leads to what? To character. Do you mean to tell me that God can shape And mold my character by tough times. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about the trying of your faith, the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, though it's tried by fire. You may be here today and you have literally been tried by fire. You have been pushed to the brink, and yet you're still here, aren't you? And what about your character? Hasn't it helped to mold and make your character what it is today? Go back and look at some of the lives of God's great servants, Job. Job was a good man. God had a lot of confidence in him. matter of fact, God said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? So much confidence he had in him. And yet there was still room for personal growth, wasn't there? Don't you think that the trials and the difficulties that he faced helped to forge his character in life? And then not only does it build character, but it breeds patience. mention again Romans chapter 5, where Paul said, Tribulation produces perseverance or patience. Now in James chapter 1, James said, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the trying of your faith Produces what? Patience or perseverance. He said, let patience or perseverance have its perfect, perfect work, that you may be perfect, mature, or complete, lacking nothing. When we face difficulties and trials in this life, we learn something about the necessity of patience, don't we? I mean, haven't you grown to become more patient when dealing with adversity. One of the things that, just very quickly on a personal note, one of the things that I have learned about people who deal with cancer, there's a lot of waiting and a lot of uncertainty. And there are a lot of of questions that you have that, quite frankly, you just don't have answers for. And it may be the case that you won't have answers for, for a period of time so what do you have to have you got to be patient don't you i don't think it's i don't think it's incidental that in james chapter 5 verse 11 james said and you have heard of the patience or perseverance of job job is a classic example isn't he of someone who developed patience or perseverance in his life and then it deepens our trust in God. Second Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul was dealing with that thorn in the flesh, as he said, a messenger of Satan, lest he be exalted above measure, God had given him this thorn in the flesh. A lot of questions as to what the thorn in the flesh was. Some type of physical debilitating problem. Was it the Judaizing teachers? But you remember Paul said he asked the Lord three times that it would depart. And God said, My grace is sufficient for you. And Paul's response, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. that The power of Christ may rest upon me. I think what God was saying to Paul in the long ago, when God said no to his prayers, what he was really saying is, Paul, I want you to learn to trust me and trust me alone. When you face trial and tribulation in life, to understand that trust is a major factor, isn't it? Didn't Solomon say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths. Again, I go back to Psalm 56 in verse 3. When David said, Whenever I am afraid, what will I do? I will trust in you. In Psalm 57, He said, My soul trusts in You. In the shadow of Your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities be passed. So to learn to trust God, to turn to God in difficult times in life. And then number six, pain and suffering clarifies what is truly important in life. You know, there are times in life when we look at what we have acquired, what we've attained in life. Maybe we think about our professional recognition, some of the things that, some of the accolades that have come our way. And we step back and reflect upon the many material blessings that God has bestowed on us. But when trial and tough times come, it really helps to crystallize or bring clarity to what is most important in this life. You remember in Job chapter 2 when Satan again appeared before the throne of God? And Satan said to God concerning his servant Job, he said, all that a man has will he give for his life. You know what he was saying there? Every man has his price tag. You push him enough, and let me tell you what he'll do. He will curse you to your face. Job had to come to understand that there were things beyond his control, that his trust needed to be in Almighty God, and that there was more to life than the here and now. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul said, while we look not at the things which are seen, the things which are seen are temporary, they're transitory in life, but rather at the things which are eternal. So to understand that whether we live to be 70, 80, 90 years of age, at some point in time, we're going to step out into eternity. And really the only thing that matters, the song we sang a moment ago, heaven will surely be worth it all. Do you believe that? Staying faithful to God through trial and tough times and learning from those things and to understand that when it's all said and done, the dust clears, the only thing that really matters is our relationship to God. And then, number seven, pain and suffering enables us to comfort and console others. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul speaks of the Father of all mercy, the God of all comfort. In verse 4, he said, Who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those which are in any trouble, with the comfort wherewith we ourselves have been comforted by God. I think what Paul is saying is, that we can use the trials and adversities that we have faced in life, we can use those to relate to others. You know, it's one thing to talk to somebody about where they are in life and to say, you know, I'm hurting for you, I sympathize with you, but it's altogether different when somebody says, you know what, I have been where you are. I have walked in your moccasins. I know what you're going through. I have been pushed to the limit, and I have hurt and agonized over this or that. It means a lot to you, doesn't it? And so to know that we have the ability to comfort and console other people. Some of you here today have faced certain circumstances in your life Those circumstances might be unique to you as an individual, but it might be somebody else in the church has a common problem or circumstance. It might be the case that you and you alone have the ability to empathize with them, to feel with them. In other words, to get inside of where they are in life. And then number eight, pain and suffering engenders a more fervent prayer life. You know, it's hard to be arrogant and haughty when you're hurting, isn't it? Pain will literally drive you to your knees. Jesus said in Luke 18, or taught in Luke 18, that men ought to always pray and not faint or grow weary. Prayer is a wonderful blessing that we enjoy in Christ. And I have no doubt that the Apostle Paul spent a lot of time on his knees praying to Almighty God. And to understand that there is a God in heaven who hears our prayers, who acknowledges those prayers, and who answers those prayers. And so when we face trial and adversity in life, what can we do? Pray. You remember Hezekiah? Hezekiah was told by Isaiah the prophet, God said, I want you to go to this king. And I want you to tell him to set his house in order because he's going to die and not live. Isaiah said in his account of this, immediately Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, and listen to what the text says, and prayed. And God said, I've heard your prayers. I've seen your tears. Prayer is a tremendous blessing that we enjoy in Christ. And so we can develop a more fervent prayer life. Think about what James said in James chapter 5, verse 16. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, doesn't it? You know what he's saying? There's power in prayer, isn't there? And then number nine, it awakens us to spiritual things. In Psalm 119 and about verse 71, here's what the psalmist said. It is good that I've been afflicted. What? It is good that I've been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. There are times when we can literally hit rock bottom. We can crash and burn. I remember years ago seeing a man that outwardly demonstrated a lot of strength, a lot of courage. Through a series of events, His life was in turmoil, spinning out of control. And I remember that man hitting rock bottom and weeping like a baby. It awakened him to what he needed to be doing in life, and that was serving God in luke 15 when the prodigal son found his way out into that far country and there he wasted his substance with profligate living it was only when he started grazing with the hogs that he realized you know what the servants of my father have it better than i do this will i do i will arise and go to my father and say Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight I'm no more worthy to be called your son. But you remember what Jesus said in his narration of that parable in verse 17? When he came to himself. When did he come to himself? Not when he was out spending money and having a big time. Not when he was the life of the party. No, when he came to himself was when he hit rock bottom. So it can awaken spiritual values. And then finally, would you not agree that pain and suffering can make us long for a better place. I love life as I know you do. And I'm grateful for the blessings of health and all the things that I enjoy in this life. But I know this, when you are hurting, and I mean hurting, hurting to your very core, sometimes it will cause you to think about home and I'm not talking about home here I'm talking about on the other side where God said he'd wipe away all tears neither will be there neither will there be any more death no sorrow no crying and then he said neither shall there be any more pain for these former things have passed away Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 when he talked about the trials of life and how He said, we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. You remember in chapter 5, making the transition, he said, we know that if the earthly house of our tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands. And it ought not be lost on us that in that context, Paul said, to be absent from the body was to be present with the Lord. It was Paul who said in the long ago, For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain, to depart and be with Christ far better. To the saints who suffered in the first century, John said, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Yes, says the Spirit, listen to him, that they may rest from their labors. When Job faced a lot of adversity in life, if you read chapter 3, one of the things that he longed for was death. Matter of fact, he even said he wished he'd never been born. There are times in life when maybe the struggles and the trials are so heavy and such a burden that in our mind, death would be a release. So if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ because if you live long enough in this world, I can tell you right now, you're going to face some tough times. What we want to do is to learn from pain and suffering in life. Learn from it. And be equipped. Be ready to deal with whatever comes your way. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. Trial and trouble, it'll come your way. Preacher said one time, there are three kinds of people. People that have problems, people that are coming out of problems, and people that are about to have problems. So you and I, we're in one of those three categories right now. If you're here today listen you need the Lord on your side when you face trials and tribulations in life don't try to make it on your own you need God you need God's help to understand that he's the one who gives us the peace that passes all understanding what would you need to do believe Jesus to be the son of God repent of your sins do as they did on Pentecost Day repent be baptized so that all your sins can be washed away and then the Bible says God will put you in the church which is the house of the saved Ephesians 5 23 be faithful until death. The promise being the crown of life. Listen to James, James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he has been what? Tried. He shall receive the crown of life. You live in this world, your faith's going to be tried. It's going to be tested. Blessings rest upon those who are faithful in trial. The promise being the crown of life. If you're here today, you're not faithful to the cause of Christ, Listen, we'd be happy to pray with you and for you. If you're struggling in life, you've got adversities and trials, and you just need the prayers of God's people, we would be more than happy to pray with you and for you today as we stand and sing.